0: You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike St. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. Amen. It's a dad life. Amen. Thank you, dads. I appreciate uh, all that you're doing. What you got to know is this, dads: you make a difference. You make a difference in the lives of your children. Your wife. If you're not there, things don't go right. <clears throat> you say, well, we, I know he's a disciplinarian. And no, 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 I'm not talking about that. If you are not there, it's tough. So you are an important figure in their life. Dads make a difference. Can you say it with me? Dads make a difference. My dad had a huge impact on my life. I'll never forget him that he took me to church. Um, He lived a life of integrity before me. He was not one thing at church and then something else on Tuesday or Wednesday, but he lived out what he spoke. He lived out what he preached. He was no hypocrite. His work ethic was impeccable. I watched him work awfully hard, three, four jobs at a time sometimes, to give us, uh, the family, me and my two sisters and my mom, the provision that we needed. I'll never forget the example of faith and faithfulness that he lived out before me. He made a difference in my life. I saw him in the good times, and I saw him in the bad times. I saw him when we were on top of the hill... And I saw him when we was at the bottom of the hill. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. So I want to welcome you today to our uh, harbor celebration of Father's Day. As i talk with you today about the tools of a father. Now all of these have been etched. they they got names on them, so I'm only teasing. (laughs) So uh, this is not a shopping mall, if you will, although it's kind of tempting. Ladies, it wouldn't bother you a bit. I mean, if we had shoes all the way across here, but... It'd be something different. But it is imperative for we fathers to understand the importance of our presence in the lives of our children. The treatment of our children, the leading of our children, the treatment of their mom. You cannot underestimate the impact of your example, Dad. I promise you. Here's why it's so important. There is a father factor in our nation's worst social problems. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children in America, that's one out of three, live in a biological father absent home. Nine in ten Americans agree this is a crisis. Consequently, the father factor in nearly all of social issues, there is rather a father factor in nearly all social issues across the country. If you want to think about anything, violence, gang-related violence, um, criminal activity, unwed uh, pregnancy, on and on and on. um, When the father is absent, that father factor makes those, those stats just skyrocket. On the other side of that, when the father is there, when, when the father is at home, the stats go way down, and the chances of raising children that are not going to jail, not going to prison, that are going to go to college or going to graduate high school and be gainfully employed somewhere, when the father's in the home, there's a much, much greater chance that that is going to happen. Now, we have a responsibility, dads. Now I'm going to talk with you in a moment about all these tools because we didn't bring them just for no reason. But let me give you a little bit about what God's Word says concerning we dads. Because I don't really care what anybody else thinks that I need to be doing as a dad, but I really have a lot of weight and stock in what God thinks I ought to be doing as a dad. <laughs> Amen? So let's look at the Word of God. We see Joshua declaring something. In Joshua, uh, it's actually in 24:15 uh, of Joshua, he says, As for me... And my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I don't really think that he had a conversation with his wife and asked her great opinion about what God they ought to serve. I just can't see how it happened that way. Uh, As I look back into that culture and that setting and that place and time, But Joshua was a protege of Moses, who had been to the house of God with Moses, who had seen the power and the presence of God, and he boldly stated what his house was going to do. Joshua's house, he said, is going to serve the Lord. Dads, you need to make a declaration that as for me and my house, we are going to serve to serve the Lord. Does that mean i got to come to the harbor? No. There's plenty of churches out there. You've got to go somewhere. you got to be in the house of God somewhere. You've got to be among God's people. Are you with me? Say amen. Let's notice what Moses said in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. These commandments I give you today, that they be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road and when you lie down, and when you get up. Moses said, impress these things on your children at least four times a day. When you rise up in the morning, when you walk by the road, when you sit down to eat, and when you go to bed at night. He said, let these be symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house. In this society, a lot of people get tattoos to remind them of loved ones or to remind them of whatever or or where they're at or whatever in life. I don't know. But what the Lord says do right here, he said, put you some scriptures, bind them on your, put them on your doors. He says, put them, and for you and I, put them on your refrigerator. Put them on your doorpost. Put them, he says, bind them like frontlets on your forehead so that we would know the word of God. Then Ephesians, Paul tells us this. In Ephesians he says, um, children, this is a word to the children, obey your parents uh, <clears throat> in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Did you know what um, the Bible says? I-, I believe honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment and is the first commandment with the promise that if we do honor our mom and dad, our days will be lengthened upon God's earth that he has given us. You want to live a long time? Honor your mom and dad. I read of a lady who was 116 years old the other day. I think she just passed, and I said to my wife, there's one thing about it, she honored her mama and daddy. <laughs> Amen. Um, Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children. In other words, do not provoke them to wrath. He said, but instead bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord dads we have a charge that says bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord dads they ought to hear you pray they ought to see you read the Bible they ought to know that you have a standard that says we're going to go to the house of God we're going to support the house of God that's imperative now why why, uh, is it that you need to do that listen if you don't train them the world will If you don't give them instruction, the world will. If you don't tell them where they came from, I'm not talking about just the birds and the bees, which you have that obligation, but I'm not talking about just that, but I'm talking about creation, period. The world will tell them. Wrongly, but they'll tell them. Uh, If you don't train them the world will, listen, it's important that we dads take the responsibility seriously. Because we don't, uh, uh, if we don't do it, if we don't take it seriously, the devil's lurking and says, you know what? Here's what you really need to know. Uh, He's waiting to pounce on them. If dads don't step up to the plate, our children will follow the path of another leader. Amen? Now, I want you to read, if you will, with me, uh, Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. And I'm going to read this quick because I need to get into some things that's here on the stage. Proverbs uh, 3, 1 through 12, we have the writer saying this. My son, do not forget my teaching. It's a call out to the children. The reason is this. The lessons is going to prolong your life and bring you prosperity. In other words, don't forsake your father's teaching. These lessons will bring you a long life. They'll bring you prosperity. I don't know any father that wants to instruct his son or daughter in the wrong way. Most dads want you to have better than they had. They want you to to, to, to do better in life than they have done. Here's some lessons that we can teach our children from the here: love and faithfulness so that you'll win a good name <clears throat> with God and man. Learn how to love and learn how to be faithful. Um, verse 5 and 6, faith and seeking God's ways, not our own. That's what he says to us in verses 5 and 6. He tells us in verse number 7 that... Uh, we'll have better health if we'll trust in the Lord. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. <clears throat> this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Verse 9 says, be generous. He tells us, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits While well, you say, well, I'm not wealthy. Well, no, no, no. Who determines wealth? That's why the Lord, the Lord is fair. When, when we do percentages, percentages doesn't matter if you made $2 or $2 million. 10% is 10%. Are you with me? Say amen. Be just, so, in other words, God is fair. It doesn't matter what you make. Well, anyway. And then there's need for discipline. Verse number 10 says, uh, rather, yeah, look at 10. It says, your barns are going to be filled with plenty. Overflowing. Your vats will, uh, will brim over with new wine. What he's telling them in that culture was, if you would be generous. That's what I was telling you a moment ago. That's, I gave you the example. You did it last year. You were generous. And we give over $25,000 to World Missions, over $60,000 in helps and things that we gave away last year, and God blessed us immensely. And He'll do it again. He'll do it not only corporately, but He'll not only do it for a church, He'll do it for an individual. I'll tell you, I can't tell you the people that that own businesses, that run businesses, that tell me, Pastor, I've been faithful and I decided to give to God, and God has blessed me immensely. It don't just happen. I believe God has blessed you. He says, verse 11, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent His rebuke. And he said, because the Lord disciplines those He loves. Now, I'll tell you something. We've been sold a bill of goods by a lot of Johnny-come-lately preachers that that are interested in getting a whole lot of people and a whole lot of money but are very uh, um, little interested in, in the truth of what God's Word says. The Bible says that fathers have to discipline their children. The Bible says the word of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, completely furnished so that he can break the bread of life. Dads, I want to tell you something. There's going to be times when you're going to have to look your daughter in the eye and say, No, go. While you're sitting up with your coffee mug or what I don't know. Brother Aaron, you did a good job. Uh, There's going to be times you have to tell your son. And I didn't understand it when I was a kid, and I didn't like it. My daughter didn't understand it when she was a kid, and she didn't like it. But now she's got two daughters of her own. So, oh, what was I thinking? I was a fool. It has a way of coming home. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. And uh, anyway, I I, I acted a fool when I was a kid, and then we had Andrew. And uh, you all with me saying? So... I, anyway, here I want to give you some tools, if I may, to help you out. Now, dads, you've got to be careful because sometimes we're overbearing. Uh, I, I was one of them probably. In some instances, they say the older you get, the, the slacker you get. Are you all with me? Say amen. But there were times when, when I overdone. You know, let me just show you a tool right here. I just changed a motor in my Suburban. Now, this is an impact wrench. And this thing will produce 800 foot pounds of torque that's a whole lot huh some of y'all i know i got some tight wads here but y'all ain't that tight <laughs> are you with me and these things do a real good job in reverse and taking things apart i mean when you put the air hose to it bah, 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 and 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 them tires are i mean lug nuts and, all, and they're off i done something real stupid though when i, I didn't think about turning this thing down and I'm putting that motor back together and I don't know if you know what a harmonic balance is, but a real important part on the front of an engine. And I put the center bolt in, bah, 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 and I got that thing all the way up there. And I decided to take those other bolts, and man, I didn't turn it down and ba-ba-ba-bing! And I rang that bolt off. Oh my Lord. I needed something less than what I had. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And Dad, sometime, and I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty. I had some of y'all with me when I went to the schoolhouse before, when I busted the windshield in my Suburban. I didn't act like the preacher that I am. Are y'all with me? I know he said, oh my God, you mean to tell me he busted the windshield? I I didn't mean to, but all he had to do was give the administrator his cell phone. Just give it to him, that's it. He chose five days out of school. I had just spoken, I was so aggravated, when I grabbed that cell phone, I threw it as hard as I could throw it, and it went right into the windshield and <laughs> I don't see Jeremy, he's probably here, but he leaned over to my other son and said, "Does your dad have anger problems?"?" <laughs> and I did have anger problems. I was upset. Now, it cost me, I had to pay $250 to fix the windshield. And after he sweet-talked his mama, I ended up buying another phone. (laughs) So I'm $500 out. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you can use too much. Anyway, I've tried to learn that lesson It's helped me since they're all gone. (laughs) That one just hit me, so... (laughs) Anyway, um, dads, um, let me say this. There's sometimes some things in our life. I've got to find it. Here it is. This is a, an important tool. And, uh, whoo, it's, it's live too, son. This is a sawzall. And it even has longer blades than this. And if you need to deconstruct... I mean, if I just needed to just cut this right... I ain't going to cut you saw horses, Brother William. But if I just need to cut right through the nails there, I could just hit it, and in, in five, ten seconds max, I'd cut right clean through those two 12-penny nails, and then do the other side... I could cut whatever I needed out no matter how long it's been established and how long it's been built in. Some of us need to take a spiritual sawzall to some of the things in our life that have been built in there for a long, long time and that we think we can't get rid of. We need something like this to help us deconstruct. Sawzall Jesus. Are you with me? Say amen. There are t- You see, sometimes it's during construction. But then, I mean, I, I've had to use mine before where I was building something and got ahead of myself and had to go back and cut something out. And it's aggravating. But thank God there's a tool that will do it. And in your own life, you may have built something in a long, long time ago. And it's hard to get to. But I'm going to tell you, this kind of tool can get to it. But in, we have another tool in our spiritual warfare. And that is prayer. We have that kind of tool, and then we have Jesus. He can help us. So I know that saw is all sort of symbolic, but if it will help you remember it, then praise God for it. Then there's another, and I don't see one, but I want you all to borrow your imagination for a moment. Now this is a magnet. I use this because I dropped some things, that, some places that my hands wouldn't go when I was working on my engine. But I have one of these, or had one. I broke it. I wasn't mad that time. But uh, <clears throat> it had a mirror on it. And I could take this mirror if I dropped something, and I would take a light. And, well, I hope that's a light. But I would shine the light against the mirror, and maybe I've got this way down behind the back of the engine, and I'm looking for something. I shine the light on the mirror, and I can see in places that you couldn't ordinarily see. And, Dad, sometimes we've got to use that mirror... Sometimes we got to put a mirror in our own life or in the life of our family, the life of our children, and then shine the light of God's Word to help reveal to us what's missing or what's misplaced. What needs to be. And now, now let me go to my next tool which is this magnet. And this is the beautiful thing because this magnet will reach down there and pick up five pounds. And when I have lost a bolt or a nut or a washer and, and it never falls all the way to the ground. You mechanics know that. it just don't. It could fall right, I mean, at the edge of the firewall. It's just straight shot to the ground, and it ain't going to the ground. It's going to land on top of the bell housing. It's going to get inside the frame. Somewhere, it's going to go somewhere. And when you finally find it, if you find it, the space is too, too narrow for your big hand to get in there and get it. And so you have to do something like this. And you reach down there, and this has the power to pull that out and what i'm saying is we also have a great tool huh? we, uh, uh, god operates this tool that when we have found something or he has found something when we've allowed his word and his light to find something in our lives or in our homes that he can reach down and pull out of us that that no longer uh, or that that should not be there are you with me say amen now, uh, I, I got so many tools, here, and I wish I had uh, um, had time to tell you. Here's another good example of being too hard, right? Now, this is what Kelly hangs pictures with. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm on. I mean, uh, I remember when we first got married. You know, she wouldn't use a little bitty band nail or something. She's got a 16 penny nail, and <laughs> no, that is it is true, but it wasn't this hammer. But um, nonetheless, I, I meant to get the mallet out of your truck. I left a, a rubber mallet in the back of Adam's truck because there are times when you need finesse. That means not William. Because Brother William don't know nothing about <laughs> finesse. But uh, you, you need some time to hit something with a rubber mallet. In other words, to be gentle. At least till you get the thread started. Are you hearing me say Amen. Well, I got a couple more tools down here that I want to look at. I'll be greasy as a monkey when I get through here. My wife always tells me I get greasy when I got on my good clothes. And so, anyway, maybe that's, that, that's the case. But nonetheless, I got a ratchet right here. Y'all hear that? When I set that thing in a certain direction, it just stays there. You with me? Dads, you need to set the direction for your family and say, we ain't backing up. Are you hearing me? This thing, the only way this is going to back up is if something hits that little lever right there to turn it. So you got to make your mind up like this tool. I'm going, and I'll tell you something. I don't know how many of you have done some engine work or transmission work, but if you're working on a vehicle as long as that Suburban... I had extensions from here to the wall. Well, not quite that way, but maybe from here to the wall because I'm working on a bell housing bolt. That's where the transmission meets the the engine. And I'm way back at the exhaust. I mean way back because that's the only way I could get a straight shot. But praise God, with enough extensions, with enough extensions, I can get there. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. So so the ratchet is important. Keep the same direction. This is a one-way deal. Amen? And then I kinda like this is a good thing and a bad thing. Let me let me give you a good example here, if I may. Um, I say this is good because it'll open it's adjustable. Dads, how many of you know you've got to be adjustable. Yeah. You gotta be flexible. What worked with Adam didn't work with Andrew. Huh? What you know, what worked with Carly didn't work with Kelly. You know with You gotta be adjustable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to get in trouble. I'm gonna... But you got to be adjustable. And that's what this is. But however adjustable this is, it's only going to grab two sides of that bolt. And if you're using one of these, and then if you have the country boy mentality of putting a pipe out here and really getting on it, you better be careful. <clears throat> you better be careful because you ring that... Uh, you round off that bolt and then you're really in trouble. You need something like a socket. A socket will actually embrace the entire bolt. It's a mechanic's number one choice. At least that's what they said it in school years ago because it goes over the entire bolt and it embraces all the flats. Are you with me? Say amen. And so then you... Dad, what I'm simply saying is this. Sometimes... Just two sides ain't going to work. You've got to embrace the entire situation. And I don't know, time's getting by, and I've got so many things I could talk to you about and deal with. But um, um, another thing, because I'm mixing up mechanical tools and carpenter tools, but it's all good. Uh, how many of you know what this is? I, don't, I couldn't see the bubble right here, but if I could put it right in the middle, that would be a level head. I've not always had a level head when it came to raising children uh, or or being gentle as I should be sometimes and understanding some of the things a wife goes through. I know you guys probably have. You probably haven't had none of these problems, and uh, you're all good to go with that, but uh, we need to understand the the way we keep ourselves level. There's another term called Balance. You need balance. You can't be, I love flying, but you cannot have all of the weight on the right side. You can't. You you can't have enough trim to counteract that. You just, you got to have some balance in your life. And if you think that you're going to make it with just church one time on Sunday every month, that's not enough balance, guys. Let me move on from there. And uh, I wish I, I forgot to bring my clamps, but uh, I've got some big old clamps. When I do a little wood project, um, you know, you need to hold things together, Dad. So how many times have you ever had to hold things together? But i got some clamps where if I was working on something on this saw, I, I mean, I could clamp this thing together and to hold it there while i done a little surgery. Y'all with me? Kelly had a flimsy piece of furniture that she picked up somewhere, and you know it was on sale. And so, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but it needed to be tightened up, and so I, I just needed to clamp this thing together, drill it, countersink it, put some wood glue in there, put a, a wood screw in there, and then cover it over with some wood putty. Let that clamp hold it all good until it all got set. Y'all with me? Say amen. And I'll tell you something. When, when we're looking, I really, I really wish I had my clamps, but just. Just think about my arms as a clamp that would ratchet together and then hold something. Dad, sometimes we have got to bring our children to the house of the Lord. Sometimes it's a tough thing to keep our family in that tight place that we need to be. Sometimes reading the Word of God. Sometimes doing the right thing. You got to stay there till the glue sets. Well, that brings me to consistency. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. You know what about consistency? Consistency is. Um, you gotta have consistency in order to do anything. If you're gonna get better at golf, you gotta consistently play golf. If you're gonna get better at guitar, you gotta consistently practice guitar. If you're gonna get better singing, you gotta consistently sing and still have some gifting of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. If you're gonna get better at whatever it is, you gotta practice it. You gotta have consistency. If you're gonna train your little puppy to go to the bathroom outside, you gotta be consistent. Huh? You gotta take him out. And bring him back. Confine him. Take him out and bring him back. Every time he eats, you've got to take him out. Consistency. You can't be here today and there tomorrow and this and that and the other. Consistency wins today. People will figure it out when, when you're consistent with them. Now, let me, let me move on. Uh, let me talk with you about this. It's a tape measure. I about wore this one out. We've done a lot of projects lately. Dad, you, you need this. We need to learn how. To measure our time, we spend a disproportionate amount of time doing things that don't matter. You with me? Say amen. I do some marriage counseling, and I have found out that only three things really matter to her or to him. Everybody's got some intimacy needs—ten of them, of which only three matter. <clears throat> and I've seen guys work at number seven, number eight, and number uh, ten. Hard, Spend a lot of money. But if it's not the top three, it don't matter. And you wonder, why in the world do I do all of this and I do that? And she don't take notice because it's not in her top three. I'll guarantee I'm going to have all kind of email this week. <laughs> Guys, learn to measure the time that you spend. Don't spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time doing things that don't matter. Um, Let let me help you with this. We have to measure our time. That means our work time. There's so many hours in a week. And then I understand certain things we cannot control. And then there's certain things we can. Whereby workaholics come into the situation and they could be home with their children if they wanted to be home. They're just not. So it bottoms out with priorities. We have to balance again. Our work and our life, we've got to have balance if we, and listen to me, you really have to give God His balance. If you don't, you're going to get ate up. I promise you. Let me try to move on. Um, I know it's here. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Man, if you ever fall out of an airplane and you ain't got a parachute, if you have an extension cord, something's going to catch you. Don't worry about it. They get caught on everything. You can start I mean that or garden hose. You start walking around, you're gonna catch the back tire of your automobile, you're gonna catch the lawnmower, you're gonna catch the edge of the fence, you're gonna catch something. But but for an extension cord, I don't I don't care if it's only six foot, you're gonna catch it on something. So if you're ever falling, make sure you got one of these if you don't have a parachute. I, I prefer the parachute. But there's something beautiful about this extension cord because I can plug, see I done told you, I done got caught. I can plug in way over there somewhere, and I can carry the power that I need over here. Are y'all with me? Now I didn't bring it, but uh, some of these contractors have got it, and I got one at home too, where you can plug into this and go out about five or six more times. Now you gotta have oh, this is good. You got to have a heavy-duty cord. Now you can't have an L Chifo and try to run two saws. You burn them up, huh? So you got to put a little bit of money in your equipment. You got to have one that'll carry the load. Brother Wayne Horn made me one before he passed a number of years ago. I got a cord that you can run the city of Kings on. No, it's not quite that big, but honestly, it is. A, it is a massive 50 amp deal, and. Uh, and the beauty of it is, it's a hundred and something foot long. I plug it into in my shop and I can go all over the yard with it. And I got power everywhere. And so you and I can learn something from, from an extension cord that there's times you we gotta get plugged into the source. But Dad, if you're plugged into the source, you can carry it here. You can carry it there. You can plug in here. You can plug in there. You can plug in here. You're plugged in. You see, let me say something to you. I don't care what you plug into this. It don't matter unless the other end is plugged into a source. But, Dad, if you make sure that end is plugged into the source, listen, that source that we have is so strong, you can put as many you want to. You can, you can put a 10 or a 12 or a 15 or a 20 and just keep teeing off. Go wherever you want to go, and you can carry the power to the place that needs it. We need this extension cord to help us plug into that power source and that strength uh, so that we can go. I wish I had thought about it. I changed the oil in my snapper yesterday. Thank you, Brother Stanley. I love my little snapper. I ride around all over the place. I look like that fellow yesterday in my Crocs and shorts and white legs anyway i'm riding around but anyway it's time to change the oil first day of summer i change it every year but nonetheless here's what you got to understand about that beautiful little riding tractor red snapper kelly calls it the fgm that's the forest gump mower because that's what he cut grass with he had some class huh but what that, that lawnmower reminds me of something is this and i don't mind cutting grass it reminds me of something, and it ought to remind you. No matter how pretty I make it, no matter that I've, I've sharpened the blade or changed it, changed the oil and the fuel filter and all the air filter, all that, make sure it's running like it ought to. I got to cut it again next week. Y'all with me? I can't park that pretty thing out there and say, All right, grass, you see that? Don't grow. I'm going to cut you. Nope i got to fill it up, and i got to cut every week. i got to ride around. And I want to tell you something. Dad, let that lawnmower be an illustration to you that in our own life, even though we get into the house of God, even though we get into the presence of God, sin has a way of just growing back. Issues have a way, like weeds, with just cropping up. i got to crank it up again. And if you mess around and let a whole lot of time go by, it's going to be way on. Are you hearing me say amen? So let me say this. God is our Father. And God loves us. And through Him we have all the tools that we need. We have all the tools that we need to make it happen in life. Man, I could go on and on about some of these Lord, have mercy. God helps us. I see a belt sander over there where you might need to sand some of the pumps out of your life. Put Jesus' name on it and go to work. Let Him work some of the issues out. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. Um, Dads, we got to employ what God has given us. We've got the tools of prayer. We've got the tools of the church. The tools of our brothers and sisters. The tools of learning. The tools of the Bible. We've got the tools of worship. We've got all of these things that, in fact, we stand without excuse. That's why Paul would say, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He has given me the tools to do it all. I want you to know children are a blessing. Children are a responsibility. Um, but we gotta raise them right. We have to. We have to, we have to protect them from the dangers as much as we can. I know they're gonna get to the point where they're 17, 18 years old, and once they get out of your house, I, I tell dads this all the time. I say, you know what? You can raise them um, until they get of age. And they're gonna get there. And then you have to trust what you've put in them. Are y'all with me? Listen to me if you're raising children. You got to trust what you put in them. Because Listen to me, Dad. Whether it be a son or a daughter, you've raised them the best you can. They get 16, they get a driver's license, they leave your house. You don't know what they're doing. I want to trust them. And I know, but listen, I've had naive parents tell me all kinds of craziness. Oh, no, my child would never do that, Pastor. I'm at the hospital with them with an overdose or whatever. I said, please, please don't be naive and foolish. We live in a sin-ridden world, a sin-cursed world. And the devil is trying everything he can. And listen, and pastor's kids is not immune to it. Huh? Deacon's kids, elder's kids, staff, kids, you're not immune to it. We're in this together. We're in it That's why when we dedicate children, it's oh, really so... Can I vent for just two minutes? Be all right. I'm going to. Anyway. It bothers me when we line parents up all the way across this and we dedicate 8, 10, 12 kids at a time. A dedication is where dad and mom is saying, We have promised God and the church the pastor, and our baby, that we will raise him or her in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We will hear what God says from the pulpit, whether it be this one or another one. And then the church pledges, we will help raise that child in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Huh? Grandparents are saying, we're going to aunts and uncles, all of us. And you know what? We leave out there, we send them a document that says, child got dedicated and they put it on the wall never bring them to church again. Stupid. It is because do you think that's like saying, well, I got to say way back and praise God. Everything's good. No. Bring them to the house of God. Raise them in God's house. Put them, Are we always going to agree on everything? No. Will there be disagreements at church? Yes. Will you have ups and downs in life? Yes. But you got to show them the consistency that I talked about. Bringing them to the house of God. You better stand with me. Fathers, I want you to know we love you. I want you to know we're praying for you. And so many of you here, I don't know that we're going to put you all right here. But what I want to do, I'm going to ask our dads, if you will, to just join me in raising your hand for just a moment. If you're a dad all across this place, I want you to just raise your hand with me. Close our eyes to get on and pray. And dad, I want to charge you if I may. Oh, what, what do you mean? I want to charge you to be the priest of your home. I want to charge you to uh, to live a godly life in front of them. You're not always going to agree with them, they're going to do things that you don't like. As I said, when they get old enough, We just hope and pray that when they turn 16, they get a car, they go out of our houses. We just hope and pray that they are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And we pray that they make wise decisions and good decisions. But inevitably, at some point in their life, they're going to make some bad ones and they're going to need your dad to stand there. And I've had times when I was just as proud as a peacock. Are you hearing me? With all four of my children. There's been times where I was disappointed. And in both cases, I loved them to death. Are you hearing me? Sometimes love came in the form of discipline, but don't you ever doubt that I loved them with all of my heart and would do anything in the world for them. Dads, I pray for you right now. I charge you to live a life before them that is pleasing unto the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.